1: is to provide our listeners some really good information about all facets of real estate. This way, all of us, our listeners, uh, the practitioners, we can all make really good real estate decisions. And we all remember 10 years ago as uh, the financial crises hit, and it really, really affected housing. Um, and I have to say, the probably the cause of that was some really poor decisions that many people made, many investors made, many banks made and mortgage companies Um, and we want to avoid that and good education, good knowledge can prevent that. So to help me with that today, I have the all-star team here. Really, you guys aren't a team, but uh, okay, first of all, we have a realtor here. Kenneth Christensen of the Isaac Ramirez Company. Good morning. Good morning, Don. Thank you for having us. And we have a lender here uh, Gabriel Arway of uh, Residential Bank Corp. Is that right? Yep. Good morning. And, and did Dan. I say your name right? Uh, Arwe. But uh, oh. we're working on it. Okay. I think by the end of the show, the last time I say it, I'll have it right. <laughs> Arwe. Ah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that the role of the R just isn't in the Italian language, so I didn't hear my mother say it that way. (laughs) All right, so I want to know a little bit about the two of you. You're both young. Um, I'm probably twice the age of both of you. Not put together, but each individually. (laughs) So uh, Kenneth, first of all, how long have you been in the business
2: and what have you been doing while you've been in the business? Um, well, I've been in the business um, since late of 2016. Um, you know, I've really, I really jumped into it, and I've was brought on and was originally taught to be able to give back to our community, and that's something that I really like to do. Um, so, through Fresno Association, I am a part of YPN, which is a big part of building the younger generation like us, building us up, and being able to get to a level such as yours, Don. Oh. Good luck.
1: (laughs) Um, Hey, I started really young. And by the way, for our listeners, YPN is the Young Professionals Network. Correct. It's a group of realtors that get together and you have a lot of uh, educational meetings, lunch and learns,
2: what have you, and Mm -hmm. trying to get educated. Correct. We have a lot of educational events um, that help anyone who's young at heart or young and new in the business. And we also do have a lot of giving back to our communities. We just had our backpack drive, which was able to give um, 89 backpacks to kids in need. And we also have our Thanksgiving drive, which helps families who are in need as well. I liked what you said about giving back to the community. And even... If you
1: weren't involved in a realtor wasn't involved in any of those extra things such as YPN, still just selling homes, helping people get the American dream, is big time. I mean that that is giving back to the community, mm-hmm. and I often tell people getting into the business that this is a really really hard job, <laughs> but it is a fantastic career, it, and. It's that giving back that makes that difference between the job and the career. When you look at it as a career and all the blessings that you get from helping other people, it's wonderful.
2: Couldn't have said it any better. I've practiced.
1: (laughs) Gabriel, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: All right, so I'm a, a newly minted lender. I started off in May. Uh, just kind of getting my bearings right now, but I feel like I'm finally at a level where I'm pretty confident in serving clients. Uh, just in terms of my beliefs in kind of being a lender, I believe that we're here to educate the community. So I always try to give meaning to being a, a local lender, you know. So I donate 10% of my commission checks to local schools and I always try to be there to educate borrowers, not just on getting a loan, but also making good financial decisions in terms of what loans they choose
1: and how to prepare for that in terms of credit. So a key word that I keep hearing here is education. Yeah, and um, you just didn't hear it from the two young guys that are you know, recently out of school, but you're hearing it from the old guy too. Education is so important. That is something that I get every Saturday morning. Um, somebody asked me, "What's the best thing that you get from doing uh, hosting Welcome Home Radio?" Without thought, I said, "Education." I mean, it's it's a way for me to learn. By if everybody could talk to another person in the industry for one hour each week, you'll get a lot smarter. Yeah. I mean it. It's got to help. Look what it did for me. It made me a little smarter. I hundred percent. The key word there was little. <laughs> um, and, and Gabriel, you mentioned local. Um, local lender. Why is that important? Can, you know, you see these big flashing things online saying 1% interest rate. Why isn't that the way to go? I, I think because, firstly, we're going to give you better service.
0: We're just gonna take better care of you. You're just you're not just a number for us. And I think I, I can speak for most of the lenders in Fresno when I say that. But I feel like I see local lender advertised a lot. And I just want people to have a better understanding of of what that means. Just in the sense of not just being a number, in the sense of us trying to give back to the community. And in the sense of us really trying to educate the people in Fresno because there's just a lot of things about real estate that people don't quite have a good grasp
1: of I think. Here's a good reason why as a local lender you have to be accountable and you got to do a good job. If you're doing a loan for Ken or for I or you know maybe Ken sold my listing so we're both in there and let's say you forgot to order the appraisal for example. You're going to be held accountable. You're going to run into us someday, and so you need to do it the right way. And I say that because I go back many, many years. I was on the listing side of one, and about two weeks into it, I get a phone call from the loan officer, who I kind of knew but not real well, and he just said, I want you to know I made a really bad mistake, but I have a solution. The mistake I made is I forgot to order the appraisal. I'm sorry, it, it's a mistake I made, but here's what I'm going to do to correct it. And uh, here's what I'm going to do for your seller. I just need three extra days. But he was saying this way in advance. I ended up using that lender for many, many years because I liked his honesty. Now, if he was back in Philadelphia, he didn't need to be honest with me like that. He could have just said, uh, we're backed up. The, the AMC's backed up. Gabriel, I notice you're calm, cool. You've been in the business a few months. I think you must have radio in your genes. Tell (laughs) us about that. (laughs) I guess you uh, you could say that, Don. My grandpa
0: was actually the youngest radio DJ in El Salvador at the time when he started. And it's pretty interesting. He actually got his start by accident. There was a uh, they were doing a live soap opera that day, and he was kind of like the uh, the gopher boy for the office for coffee for delivering mail, receiving mail, and the owner knew that he had a, a pretty good voice, so the narrator for the soap opera was sick, and they asked if he could step in because they knew my grandpa read really well too, so that's kind of how he got his start, and it was his entire career he was he was on the radio, but. Uh, you really had that deep, chocolatey voice. You know, it's, it was it was pretty amazing. So that was
1: your grandpa, but then I understand your father was in it too. Yeah, my my
0: dad is interesting though. Actually, my grandpa is on the maternal side, but my dad also did a radio show for about five years locally. Uh, that was on Spanish radio. It was a prayer and life workshops.
1: So you've got radio in both the X and Y chromosomes. Yep. Okay, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. I don't know that much about science, so I might have said that all wrong. <laughs> I better stick to real estate. <laughs> all right, so, um, Ken, what, can you say anything as a realtor about, let's say you're on the listing side and mm-hmm. you receive an offer on one of your listings and the lender is from Timbuktu, Missouri. So you don't know them. They're not local. How is your seller going to react to that?
2: Well, it does make them feel just a little bit uneasy. But again, it's also our job to help guide them. You know, so before before... I present anything like that. What I like to do is you always call the lender. With the pre approvals that are on there, they always have their number. So whenever I receive an offer, what I do is I always call the lender and make sure I always like to run, you know, just a little bit of a scenario by them. So I'd like to know their DTI, which is debt to income ratio. Um, depends on what kind of a product you do. Usually it's 45%, sometimes you go to 50 or 52, just really depends. But I, I like to make a phone call and always see what their the buyer's situation is, see how strong they are. you know. And then at that point, then you can really talk to the seller. And it does make them feel a little uneasy. It does if if it's out of state. I've worked with a lot of people that are from San Jose and from LA because they've relocated and they see the benefit of living in Fresno, that they can own a home. Just as nice as they would up and down the state, but for a third or you know sometimes even a quarter of the price. So really, we're just trying to be able to. I mean, to touch on the same thing like Gabriel has said that we're really here to we're the professionals. So we have to do our due diligence, make sure that the person who is coming in is a sound buyer, and then really just be able to guide our sellers and tell them, look, this is the situation, the ball is in your court, but this is what I think that we should do.
1: So you say people are coming here from around the state, and why would? what's the primary reason?
2: Cost of living. That's what I've noticed a lot. The cost of living here is it's phenomenal as opposed to the rest of the state. California in general is very expensive to live in, but the Central Valley here is a great place to live because you can still have all the amenities I mean, you've got you've got the mountains an hour and a half away. The beach is just a little more than that. And if you're okay with a little bit of hot and cold, <laughs> then um, Fresno's a great place to live. It really is. No,
1: but the hot and cold is in perspective too. <laughs> um, we're not cold like Minnesota nope. or Michigan. True. And We're not. We might be 105 degrees, but that's a dry heat, not a humid humidity. Uh, I just talked to somebody in Florida who said. Oh man, the humidity over here is killing me. <laughs> it's tough. <coughs> Excuse me. Another thing, benefit to our local area here, the Central Valley, is traffic. Earlier in the summer, I spent 11 days in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and Los Angeles. And I mean, those have got to be three of the worst cities um, around for traffic. When I got back to Fresno, I felt like I was driving through Mayberry. You know, it was, it it was. You guys know what Mayberry is, or are you too young? I do not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go watch the Andy Griffith show. You know, Google it. It, uh, It's utopia of of small towns. Um, But anyway, the the traffic here is so much better. Than out than uh, those other places, so people are moving here. With that, I do want to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940
3: ESPN. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with us, we have Kenneth Christensen of the Isaac Ramirez Company and Gabriel Harkway of <laughs> <laughs> Residential Bancorp, Corp, uh, a lender. Um, and I know I didn't say it right yet, but I'm going to get there. <laughs>
0: We're working on it.
1: Okay. I do want to mention an event that's coming up, and um, this is modeled after how realtors traditionally sell real estate. Two different uh, competing realtors, competing companies come together. Uh, Maybe Kenneth is going to sell my listing or the other way around. And we do it in the spirit of cooperation. Without cooperation, we're not going to make that deal happen. We're not going to help. The buyer achieved the American dream. We're not going to help the seller be able to move on to to their dream. Exactly. So that's called the spirit of cooperation. Well, one of my mentors from many years ago uh, recently passed away from leukemia. And um, he let me know about 30 days before he was going to go that or that the doctor gave him that he would like to do a blood drive. Because he said, I feel guilty that I've taken more blood than I ever gave back. So, hence, we have the John Miller Spirit of Cooperation Memorial Blood Drive. Two competing companies that he used to work for, uh, uh, years and years for each one. Guarantee Real Estate and Realty Concepts. Coming together as two competitors, but in the spirit of cooperation to put on this blood drive to honor John. And um, John's wish was to illustrate the good that local businesses can produce when they embrace that spirit of cooperation, just like we do when we put transactions together. We're going to make this a big event. It's next Saturday from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock, so Saturday the 22nd. There's four locations. First of all, you can go to any of the Fresno blood centers, the one on West Herndon, the one in um, the Champlain Parent area and one over by Fashion Fair on West Shaw, or you can go to the Clovis Veterans Memorial Hall and give there between nine and three and i'm really glad to know that Gabriel here uh, gives blood how hard is it should Should I be afraid of needles?
0: Uh, I used to be pretty terrified, to be honest, but uh, it's it's really not bad. It's it's about ten to fifteen minutes, and and you're good, you know. Hmm. All right. And you said you've given a gallon. You so yeah. I actually I had a phobia of needles for a really long time, and then halfway through college, I just. Realize that it's it's something that, that really benefits other people and that I should be doing. And so ever since
1: then, I've gone consistently maybe like three times a year. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. Um, so hopefully you all can show up next Saturday, the 22nd, and give blood to the John Miller Spirit of Cooperation Memorial Blood Drive. And by the way, to show you, this is something John and I worked on. And to see the excitement in his eyes, knowing that he was going any day. Uh, we also have a food drive that two competing title companies are doing and that starts November 1st. Then after in December we have two competing mortgage companies coming together in the spirit of cooperation blood drive. So this isn't just a blood drive or a food drive. This is a movement. This is people saying let's come together and I know that when I know that when John made it up there he turned some heads in heaven because this is a, this is gonna be a really neat drive all right let's let's go on now with the rest of the show
3: <laughs>
1: um, How do you see today's market we're hearing people talk about a shift the wind changing um, Kenneth,
2: let me throw it at you first, okay. Um well as far as the shift, I um I don't see it as much as a shift. You know, everything always changes. Change is good, change is needed, um, in life. And I feel like this is just a a leveling out. You know, things always have to go you know, it, it was it's amazing and it's still a great market. It really is. I mean historically interest rates are really low. There is, there's still a lot of good inventory out there. Um, as opposed, this year, this month, as opposed to last year, there's still 200 more homes available on the market. Um, and th- the homes that are selling are, are great. They're, they're really putting a lot of time into it. Um, but I, I feel like the, the, the shift that everyone's talking about, I, I feel like it's a little overplayed in, in my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons some people overplay this is all they remember is the last shift that we had exactly. which was not a shift it was a crash and um but it was also caused by three straight years of 25 percent appreciation each year yeah. mm-hmm. that just it shot up like a rocket and it fell like a rocket so um we didn't see that this time you know this time Things have had steady, normal growth. Exactly. And um, I, so what I'm kind of hearing you say is you see it more as a plateau rather than a, a drop.
2: Exactly. I mean, things always have to level out. you know. So we did, we did have that, that crash where it all came down, and now things have been building back up, and we had a good, steady incline. And now it, it's a little bit of that tapering off that we see you know interest rates are rising they're they're still by the end of the year they're still going to continue to rise you know all maybe all the way up to six percent from what there is talk of but it's that that little bit of a plateau that there's there's so much available and so many people want to be able to get into it because they see the benefit of owning a home they see that it's not just a place for for them to go home and and you know to sleep that it's a true investment that they're investing in themselves that they're building themselves wealth and everyone wants to be a part of that because it's a great idea. It's a great time to buy. It's a great investment for, for anybody. And the government also sees that too. So they have to be able to regulate that. There's so many people that want to be involved in this that the government always has to you know, have their hand in the plate. And so they are being able to level it off with interest rates because there are still a lot of homes out there. But it's that little bit of plateau effect.
1: So I got to thank you because I just learned something from you and you said it so perfectly investing in yourself. So I've heard people say, oh man, I I bought a house at the top of the market and I had to sell at the bottom of the market and it was a bad investment. But what I'm hearing you say, if you're investing in yourself, you had your own home for those years. You had, it was a place to grow your family, uh, Mm -hmm. to grow family memories and, um, if you keep something long enough, history says you're gonna you're gonna come out on top. Exactly. So okay. I like that investing in yourself. You're not investing in the market. Maybe those are the 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 true investors who are you know they're weighing should I be in real estate or stocks or annuities or pork rinds. But um, <laughs> but so investing in yourself means it's more than just money. Exactly. All Building right. memories. Yeah. Gabriel, on the lending side, are, 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 what are you seeing as far as this plateauing? or? or so on
0: the mortgage side, uh, there isn't so much a shift. Interest rates have been moving up and are projected to continue moving up, which is why it's advisable, I think, to look to buy sooner or at least start setting yourself up now because over the next year, we're gonna see, it's expected about a, a half point or more rise. Uh, so even if there is some price reduction in what's on the market, interest rates is, is gonna be balancing that out a little bit. But I think interest rates rising can be kind of used to explain some hesitation on the buying side. Because before like interest rates were, were really low, the last couple of years and recently they've been rising to levels not seen since about 2011.
1: Mm -hmm. But I want you to know that I was a lender many years ago. I got into the mortgage business and the interest, the FHA interest rate was 17 and a half. I I could barely count that high. (laughs) Okay, to all the listeners out there, when I said 17 and a half, you should have seen the look on these two guys' face. I know you guys are young, you wouldn't remember that, but yeah, it was 17 and a half. I remember my professor at Fresno State in a real estate finance class, he showed us this big formula on the chalkboard as proof that interest rates could never again go below 12, or we would have a run on money and a supply and demand issue, and... So,
2: it would never happen, and Don, at seventeen and a half percent were people still buying and selling real estate had to had to yeah, I mean because there's
1: life events that happen, you know uh deaths, job transfers, uh things like that that so yes, people were still buying, we found ways to do it now, it was kind of odd how it happened. a blended interest rate was the big thing back then, so what you would do is let's say the Let's say you're buying a house for eighty thousand dollars, and they had a forty thousand dollar first at ten percent. All loans were assumable back then, so you would assume the first for the forty thousand, get a second for thirty thousand at maybe twelve percent that the seller carried. You now had a blended interest rate of eleven point something, and you know you only put ten thousand down. So. Yes, we found ways to do it. But th- those were hard times. But with that, we're going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. And more much more than this I did it my way. Yes, Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, and special guest, Gabriel Harway. Did I say it right? Yeah, you're getting close. close. Okay, getting closer, (laughs) and Ken Christensen. Um, Okay, so I had to play the Frank Sinatra song, My Way. Okay, I have to ask you this. Have you guys ever heard of Frank Sinatra? Yes. Of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I'm really playing up the age difference. We're not that young, Don. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. You don't have <laughs> the gray hair that I have. So, you know. <laughs> hey, but we all have hair here, so, you know, we're all I'm still doing good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the opportunities that are in today's market for home buyers. What tell me a little bit about that. Uh so, on the
0: lending side, I think a lot of people that are a lot of things people are unaware about is that there are down payment assistance programs that can help you if you don't have as much money saved up to be able to purchase a home. And I really want millennials to be aware of that because I think a lot of us do not realize, or at least I didn't, until I got into kind of the real estate business, how good of an investment it can be and how affordable I think it can be if, of course, you're, you're living within your means. One of the the analogies that I was discussing with Ken is that your, your first home is, can be something like your, your first car. You didn't have the, the super fancy car with all the features when you, when you first started driving, but a lot of us still have really fond memories and will remember that first car for, for a long time to come. And so a lot of people, they, they want their granite countertops, they, they really want to have it all with that first home purchase. And we think sometimes it 's a good idea to to maybe go for something a little bit cheaper and then spend a few years building equity so that when the time comes you 're ready to really take that step into the home of your dreams
2: and I think that us as millennials you know we have a little bit of a different mindset. We are in a very much a if i want it i 'm going to get it now kind of a life you know I mean now Amazon has our delivery and Amazon has taken over so much stuff that I feel like we're in a, a very much a, you know, if there's something new and it's brand new and it's great, then we, we feel like we have to get it right away. And I'm a millennial as well. I <laughs> I understand how that is, but... So guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Exactly. Exactly. But um whenever it comes to, you know, buying a home, like Abe said, this is something that is, you know, you're investing in yourself, you know, so sometimes your first investment isn't exactly you know, the best, but it's always going to be a great investment for you it's going to build that equity you know you you have your first car you do a couple things to it you, you put some put some of your own personal touches on it you build those great memories and then later down the road you you buy something that you really love um so it's it's stepping stones so there's a lot of opportunity out there you know one of the biggest changes
1: i've seen in the market over the, la- or the last few decades that i've been involved in this okay four decades um, <laughs> is first time home buyers no longer buy the the less expensive home as a rule there are some mm-hmm. but but they most first time home buyers now they get in and they're they're going for everything they can afford and maybe uh, you know with the granite countertops the turnkey home um few years back First-time home buyers generally bought the smaller home, the the one that needed a little bit of work, where they could put sweat equity into it. So, not that either way is right or either way is wrong, it's just a thought. You know, you know, so maybe if if you are a uh, first-time home buyer and you're wanting the whole enchilada right now, that's a thought for you. Maybe back it down a little bit, get into a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage where you can start building equity
2: you want. I mean, exactly. You know, you're completely right. You you want to live within your means. You know, you never want to be able to get a home that you're going to have to worry about. Can I make the mortgage payment? You don't want to have to work overtime. You don't want to have to get a second job just to have those couple amenities because first time, whenever you buy that home, it's, it's leading into the next time. Whenever you put that equity into your next home, the mortgage is exactly the same, but the home is that much better. Mm-hmm. So, just Plus, you know what, what
1: you're means. doing the second time you buy. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe you don't overspend on the concrete work in the backyard maybe, you know like you did the first time. Or maybe, um, well, I'll tell you the mistake I made on my first home. I was so fearful of that payment and that commitment to the payment that I chose a 40-year mortgage. Now, that was a mistake, now that I look back, uh, because there wasn't a lot of payment difference between a 30-year and a 40-year mortgage. I mean, I think I saved the cost of one pizza a month, (laughs) Um, and yet, you know, it tacked on more time. And and finally, by eight years into it, I realized that, and, you know, so I kind of, in a way, I feel like I wasted eight years. Now... Did that make it a bad choice for me? No, because I invested in myself, like Ken said. You know, I had that home and, and the memories there. And not only that, you know, I bought it for $44,000, and by the time I refinanced it, I think it was worth eighty. So I'd say, uh, oh, I was pretty smart to buy that <laughs> home, that first home. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Which, by the way, it was below the median per, uh, at, at 44000 I think at the time the median prices were about fifty, fifty-five thousand. So I bought a home that needed some TLC. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about fear, because I mentioned how I was pretty fearful on my first home. With, with you guys are both real young, and do you see that fear in your your friends and your clients? I mean, yeah, I do. Um
0: i I'd say it's it's interesting, I think in my generation that was not working during the crash i I see a lot less of that fear it's It's similar to what you were talking about. I think the economy has been going well for a while now, and people that didn't live through the crash are very confident in trying to get everything they want in that first home. But with the buyers I work with that did live through the the crash and definitely struggled through it, there's a lot, a lot more just caution in in terms of of what they're looking for. But uh, it's it, there's always a balance because you there's there's things that you you can't afford that maybe you need to cut back the Starbucks, maybe you need to cut back the going out to the movies a little bit. Not not extreme changes, but just saving that hundred to two hundred bucks maybe every month, and and that's a different thing than than moving into something that that's really kind of stretching you thin, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, and and some sometimes it's not just cutting back on Starbucks, maybe it's turning the thermostat up one degree, and, and that and that can make a big difference. <laughs> um, how. Ken, when you're working with a, bu- a first-time home buyer out there, and you see fear of uh, fear out there in the buyer, how, what can you tell the client? Say to them, or how do you deal with it?
2: Well, I mean, working with a lot of millennials, um, you know. Speaking on my own on my own behalf, um, you know, we we grew up and we saw our families, you know, get a home and and they started they were loving it and they they really enjoyed the home. But when the crash happened, I mean, a lot of families lost their home, so it causes a little bit of fear. Um, and whenever I see a little bit of fear in the people that I'm working with, it's you know I have to I have to really educate them and what's going on because back like you said back in the day, there were so many crazy programs out there. They were giving loans to people that you know, maybe had passed four or five years ago, they were giving people, you know, they were given loans to seven, eight different social security numbers. And so now things are a lot more close knit. They're taking a lot more time and it's a lot more conservative whenever it comes to, they're not, the appraisals that come back are conservative that they aren't coming over forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. So it really, it's educating, educating the buyer and telling them the current situation of what's going on in the market really telling them and and trying to educate them about that. So what would be the best advice you can give a
1: potential first-time home buyer?
2: Live within your means, enjoy what you have, and later down the road, take that equity and then have your dream home. Mm Mm-hmm. How about you Gabriel? I
0: think from a – I mean as a, as a lender I am I'm, I'm definitely a, a numbers guy and I always want people to look at where they want to be in 5, 10, 15 years. I think any any more than that like you, you can't really predict where you're going to be, but that's why when I'm presenting to clients, especially those first-time home buyers, I have a presentation that I show them that shows them what their net worth is going to be in 15 years, the comparison in short-term costs with different loans, and I always advise them and I know you were talking about your your 40-year mortgage, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that doesn't mean that you couldn't pay it off faster if you didn't want
1: to, right? Right, except I didn't know any better back then. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, and maybe you know a good loan officer would have helped me with that and said, "Hey, um, you know, you can always do this. If you have a good month, pay more. Exactly. Okay. With that, we are going to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Ken Christensen of the Isaac Ramirez Company, Gabriel Arcway of Residential Bancor here in the studio, and on the line we have the president of the Fresno Association of Realtors, Brandon Gonzalez. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning. All right. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Hey, these two guys are doing a good job on your show.
3: Right on, <laughs> our show, our that's, show. That's. that's right.
1: The reason we have Brandon on, on the air right now, um, there was a, and I'll call it a very disturbing article that was recently in the press, and it targeted yeah. Fresno. It said that Fresno is still suffering the devastating effects of redlining. And I read that article, and it's like, this is crazy. Um in my career, I have not experienced that. Um, right. Brandon, I, I'd like to ask you, as the president of the yeah. Fresno Association of Realtors, that article says that it, it, it's still happening to this day. Do you see that right. anywhere in, in the market?
3: You know, I don't. And I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the market for, you know, 15 years and, uh you're not just talking with people inside and outside of, uh, you know, Fresno, Fresno County, but, you know, even outside of the area of, of California. And then when you bring it back to Fresno, you realize how fortunate we really are uh, that we are very diverse, you know, and that we have, uh, you know, such great uh, neighborhoods in and out little pockets throughout Fresno and, and, and Clovis. And so, uh, you know, I did read the article I think maybe because we are so diverse, it's, uh, and, you know, we have come such a long way in the last 50 years, but there's still always room for growth that, that maybe they see us as an easy target just to kind of feed a certain agenda. But, I mean, all in all, you know, uh, with when it comes to buying a home, lenders nowadays, most of it's done online. You know, an application is sent, you know, via email. So, you know, those applications are really dollars and cents and work history and financials. And so, You know, I don't really, I really don't buy into that thought. And especially with the people that I've worked with, you know, inside and outside my brokerage and and within our market.
1: And, you know, a good question for the reader, a reader of that article to ask themselves is how can a lender redline and discriminate when in almost all cases, buyers get pre-approved for a loan. They get a letter from the bank or the mortgage company saying you're good for $250,000 Two hundred fifty thousand bucks, or whatever it is, and then they go right. out and look for a home. So how can the lender doesn't have a chance to redline?
3: Right, I agree. And I mean, if, if you know, here I am on this lovely Saturday morning at a at a soccer game uh, for you know Clovis Unified Youth Soccer League, right? And, and I mean, I see diversity from every school. You know, uh, yes, there are pockets of community, and there are people that like that sense of community that sometimes like to stay closer to family maybe grandparents and, and you know maybe where they work so there's always going to be those instances that that maybe align certain maybe uh in from a sociographic standpoint but i mean never will a never will a lender say hey i'm sorry i got to turn you down because of you know your your ethnicity right or I, I mean it's just like you said i mean a letter comes through it's present you know an offer is presented to a seller and and over the the years of looking at offers and meeting with sellers you know I've been fortunate enough to know that they're looking at you know uh the the situation that they have the financial you know benefit or you know uh net from that will help them make their next move they're not you know what what concern is is it of you know the, the race yeah they want a great they want the uh a family to go and that's going to maybe be suitable for their neighbors that have have become their friends but uh you know never have I ever experienced that and uh, I've been fortunate enough to like i said talk to different agents and brokerages, and and, uh, I think we're all on the same page when it comes to that.
1: And, you know, the reason I really wanted to bring this up on the show is, and I'm going to ask our two guests here in the studio this question, if one of your clients read that article, do you think that would disturb them? If they read that and thought, well, gosh, it's in print, it it must be true.
3: I think a lot of it has to do with the source, right? And... um, and I think just nowadays, I mean because anybody can put anything out there, I would hope now that anybody anybody reading something would do a better job to maybe look into it right, like you said, ask the right questions and and just realize that, hey, they have their right to their opinion, they have the right to put anything out there, I guess nowadays, it seems like, but uh at, at the end of the day, you know I think most of the people that I work with would probably say, "Hey, this is just somebody trying to, you know, create a stir." And actually, we're probably giving them a lot more attention than they deserve.
1: You're right. But for that one person out there in the Fresno market that thought it might be true, I want you to know it's not. And I know you said you've done, you've been in the market for what 14 years or so. Yeah. In my 42 years, I have not seen any anything like that. And I think well. I've been involved, as you have, and our guests today, too, in many facets of real estate. The rentals, mm-hmm. property management, financing, sales, uh, the, on the buyer side, the seller side. You know, when a buyer says, hey, I want to go, I want to be in the Bullard High School area, or I want to be in Clovis North or Edison, right. that's, we're, we're to be of service and help them out.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Hey. But yeah. It's based off of what their, you know, financial budget is, and uh, like you said, you know, a lot of times it's hey, I want to be in this school district or near, you know, this uh, area because it's closer to work, closer to family. Um, so yeah. I mean, I'm, I, again, I'm just uh, very fortunate for the people that I've worked with, from a client standpoint, broker standpoint, that uh, we we think that this is definitely you know something that uh, I know was around you know 50 years back, but. You know, Fair Housing Act definitely helped clear things up and, and getting things and moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and then also the systems and how they work, such as being a pre-approved now, uh, lenders right. can't can't redline. The other thing is how about when you, as a listing agent, receive an offer and you haven't mm-hmm. you haven't met the buyer. All you have is their name, Jones, and a pre-approval right. letter. Well kind of hard to to redline that way. And Gabriel, I think you have something to say. You you I, I
0: was going to say I don't I don't think the article is really about it still being around, but I think that we're all kind of working together in the real estate community to undo that legacy. I think that's one of the reasons that just education for our buyers is is so important because there's so many people I've encountered that they're not educated about credit. They're not educated about how mortgages work because nobody in their life may have been a home buyer. So I, I think the idea isn't that it's, it's still happening, but we're all working together now to undo that legacy.
2: Okay, and, and Ken, you have something you want to say here. And I feel like um, nowadays there's so much information out there. I mean, every everywhere you go, there's so much information. It's almost like it's you know it's polluted with with all of these with all this information that's out there. Whenever it comes to buying a home, just speak to a professional. You know that that's the biggest thing. Um, just have someone that can educate you and point you in the right direction. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, while we're
1: talking, and, and Brandon, that's got to be the quietest soccer game I've heard in a long time. <laughs>
3: I put on mute. I oh. respect for those that were speaking.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So know, is your uh, daughter's team was, winning?
3: Uh, no, no comment. Um, <laughs> but real quick, uh, regarding what Dave had mentioned, because he brought up a good point, you know, yes, you, you do want to get the, I guess, to, in order to know where you're going, you need to know where you've been, you know, you need to understand the the process and, and the, uh, you know, i say the overall gain of, of where Fresno has come from, but, I really think on the on the latter part of the Fresno B ad that there was a little bit, they were pushing the envelope to try to get, you know, to stir something. So that, that's my position, and that's the way that I read it. There was an Atlantic article that was a little more informative um, and may have been doing what you had mentioned. So, you know, again, it just comes to the point, and Ken mentioned it, there's a lot of information out there talk to a professional, talk to somebody that's living, breathing it, you know, within the community, not just one community, but entrenched throughout uh, to really get a good feel of where, where your family is going to feel comfortable, whether it be for, for work for school, uh, you know, all the other dynamics that play into it.
1: Yeah, so there, there's tons of opportunities out there for anybody that, and really what you got to do is either have the money or a good credit and you can benefit from those opportunities and just drive around, see the areas that you want to uh, buy in and live in, and that's what you do. You know, we only have about a minute left, and Brandon, Uh, you were a Bulldog football player uh, prior to getting into real estate. So I I would like to get your prediction on today's game, the Bulldog football game. The
3: the dogs pull off... uh... Pull off a miracle over in the Rose Bowl today, you know, uh, coming off of the Minnesota loss. I think, you know, if, if it will be a low, low scoring game, it's probably 24 or 17. Dogs pull it out, you know, and then maybe you can play this back next week when we win and say, yep, you know, Brandon had it right.
1: Okay, so you're saying 24 to 17 Bulldogs. Bobby, can yes. you make that work today on the board? All right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I want to thank Brandon Gonzalez. I want to thank Ken Christensen. Thank you guys for having me. You're welcome. And Gabriel Arway of Residential Bancorp. Thank, thank you, Don. It was a, it was a pleasure. It, it was pleasure. fun today. Thank you very much for listening to Welcome Home Radio.